Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. I've got a lot of people in my life right now who are going through it. Um, I guess that's been true for <laughs> two years, probably. But like right now, I guess feels especially acute, particularly in areas of trust in relationships and like being triggered by other people. There's a lot of that going around in my life. Really? Tri- being triggered by, by other people? How so? Just things coming up for people that don't, that aren't, that are only tangentially related to whatever's happening. You know, this is happening to me also, but, but, uh, but I've also had it happen, uh, to other people that I'm like, in, like at me and, and also have seen a lot of it in other friendships lately. And like resurfacing trauma or is it is it something related to the pandemic uh just our stress of being in this forever well indeed is that that is the question isn't it like i i think it is resurfacing trauma is a good kind of category of thing for what i'm talking about it's like stuff that goes way deeper people like you know people over you, you could call it overreacting like somebody says something and people get like kind of disproportionately upset about it or whatever it is, or, um, you know, uh, an argument snowballs into like a big fight about everything instead of just, you know, like some particular disagreement. Uh, and, and that does kind of have a hallmark of, you know, past stuff coming up. But, but I, I clearly it has to do with just the incredible stress in the present. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe it's as simple as things looking like they're taking a turn for the worse again in terms yeah. of the pandemic and people being like, Oh my God, not again. Kind of yeah. inside. Yes. Yes. Um, I feel like it, it's manifested for me. I'm past the point of blaming it on other people. I and mean, I did go through that a little bit. Yeah. You know, or or manifesting it on other people. I don't know if uh-huh. blaming it uh-huh. is the right word, but taking it out on them maybe cer- sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Just being like, well, you know, it again. It goes back to like, what what can I control? Yeah. And it's like, I have some control over my relationship with other people, but I have no control over <laughs> the the way the pandemic goes. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's why we tend to like, I mean, and also just because we feel comfortable around those people and we just tend to take out our, our feelings on them. Yeah. Um, it's not very productive, but I, I'm kind of past that point. Um, I'm to the point where I just realized the problem with being in a pandemic this long and not keeping up with people that you considered friends and uh you know keeping those relationships going means that it feels like i don't have any friends Uh Uh um i mean obviously i have i have i have friends (laughs) like reassuring myself yeah yeah (laughs) you're you're talking to yourself here yeah 
Um, but I, I think that because we had to kind of be choosy with where we were going to spend our time and who we were going to spend our time with, it really limited our circle. Uh-huh. And I feel like my circle is definitely a lot smaller than it is when I when the pandemic began. Yeah, how can any relationship survive that? It's like everybody's so hunkered down, right? Like Yeah. And I know that they were saying like, well, the pandemic I'm sure has been exceptionally hard on the extroverts because, you know, they meet, need more social interaction. But now like everybody's just out of practice on how to even conduct relationships, how to even like keep up with people and you know, meet up in friendly ways and uh it's like i got glimpses of it every once in a while like oh i think things are going back to normal yeah and then no they're not nope yeah and i think the other thing is like i don't even know who i can contact who's like comfortable being around people with the pandemic going on with the new omicron variant i honestly like want to say that i'm the the super liberal person who has always just been oh well i'll i'll stay in and and do what needs to be done for the pandemic Uh and um i'm not Hmm. i'll be the first to admit i got all i got three of my shots and i felt like that was enough for me Uh (laughs) and um and i mean i wear my mask when i go out and i'm not i'm not gonna try to be like lowering my my life uh quality any more than that i'm not i'm not willing to do that because i'm already depressed as it is mm-hmm. and i can't just be like fine i'll do whatever it takes because at the end of the day my top priority has always been my physical and mental health yeah and i can't let that down for anybody or anything what else do we have because if i don't <laughs> right? have that i don't really have anything yeah. Is this what you were talking about, this kind of thing, what you were talking about when, before we started when you said things, you felt like things were moving too fast? Well, I I just, there's a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. you know, when the pandemic, before the pandemic, I wasn't even working full time. Yeah. I was uh, getting my master's degree and um, that gave me a lot more flexibility in my um give me a lot more flexibility in my day to like go have coffee with someone or Mm -hmm. uh or something like that you know Mm -hmm. i think i did get a lot of coffee with people during that time and now it just feels like every single hour of my day is accounted for yeah and it's not in a good way, <laughs> I assume. Not in a good way, no. Yeah. And it's just that, you know, you could have every single thing that you want in your life and still not be happy. Yeah. But you don't, I mean, that's not what's happening now, right? Like, we're in like a hellish, terrible situation that feels like it should be temporary and may end someday. You know, that, you know, I think I think you're under no obligation yeah, to be happy is, about that. 
<laughs> yeah, I I agree with you. Um but yeah, it's hard to separate the two because this is just our life now. That's true. Yeah. How could yeah, that's a good point. Like if you can't be happy about this then be unhappy. <laughs> you know, like that that's 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 uh not really another that's not really an alternative. Yeah, it's not a great alternative anyway. I guess it is a alternative. Yes, it is available to all of us at any time. That's true. <laughs> um, I'm just not used to having my entire day accounted for it. I, I think of things that I want to do. I've been um learning Japanese. I want to to do artwork. And I want to, I'm actually at a point where I want to read books. Yeah. I didn't want to do that for a long time. I want to do that. I want to go hiking. I want to um, sing. I don't know. Anything. But it, I, every time I'm like, try to get to the point where I have time for those things. And at the end of the day, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I've, I definitely relate but to I that. Mean, uh, yeah, I mean, and I don't even feel like I have room to complain about these things. I mean, you have you have two kids, so I can't even imagine what how that would take up all the time in your day. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's really more about the energy. But I think, honestly, I just find ways of blaming my lack of energy on that. And if that wasn't a factor... I would still not want to do anything at the end of the day, you know, like there, there, yeah. there is so just so much weight, almost like literal physical weight on my body because of the pandemic, the conditions out there, the fear and suspicion. And like, I, I'm like, I have some kind of minor cold right now clearly because of my children. Uh, mm -hmm. But I still feel like I have to, like I just took a COVID test this morning and it was negative, you know, but like <laughs> I still had to wait for 15 minutes to find that out and like worry whether like what, you know, get, think about every single person I'd been in contact with in the last few days uh, and imagine just sort of like flipping my whole life over if like, two blue lines appeared on that thing instead of one, you know? Uh, and it's, it's, um, you're right that it's our life now. Like it's, it's, uh, just things as they are, you know, it feels like we train for this, <laughs> you know, as Zen practitioners, but, there's still something just so deeply unacceptable about it. Yeah. Like what happens when you're like, yeah, this is my life and I accept that it's my life. And I also accept that I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's so unfair because I have so many good things in my life. And I hate the fact that sometimes I look in the mirror and just think to myself, I hate my life right now. Yeah. Part part of what's hard for it for me is that it's not 
just my life. Like I hate, you know, it's everybody's life. So it's, 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 uh, you know, my way out of kind of depressive thinking typically starts with it's my life so I can redesign it if I don't like it, you know? Yeah. And like, that's not an option. I don't feel like I can do that either. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I've dug myself into this thing where I can't do that, that either. And I used to do stuff like that too, you know, redesigning. Tell me about a time you redesigned your life. I can think of a few. I mean, some of them have been by accident, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, deciding affirmatively, like, yes, I want to have children was one such instance. Yeah. And it definitely worked. (laughs) Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure that (laughs) I actually (laughs) understood the consequences. Um, but I think anybody does when they first have kids. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but looking back on it, like it did have the effect that I wanted it to have. You know, like the the thing the thing that I was most conscious of on like a personal spiritual level that made me consider it and decide that I wanted to do that was that I was sick of centering on myself as like the meaning of life. And that might've been the case for a long time. That might have to do with why I pursued the, you know, like non-duality and spirituality and practices of transcending the limited view of self. But at some point I realized that there was a much more literal way for me to take care of that hang up. And now, and it's true. Like now, now there's, now there are other people whose happiness is the meaning of my life. And when I'm unhappy, I have to sublimate it into service to them. And that is, I'm not saying this in any prescriptive way or making any kind of statement about like the moral value of having children, but it is Mm -hmm. the effect that it had on me. And it is related to this conversation in the sense that, you know, my responsibility was made undeniable and is beyond myself. And, you know, I can kind of relate to my role in society a similar way in a situation like we're in now where like the fabric of society is at risk and we have to be good citizens and take care of one another and stuff. But it's much more vague and abstract in the Benefits are less clear and they're, you know, the relationships are much more diffuse and not as clear and obvious as like a human being with your genetics who lives in your house. So it's not a great, it's not, it's not a perfect analogy by any means, but it certainly has some sort of related skills involved. 
it's really hard to feel that interconnectedness with yeah. the rest of the community when you never see the community. It's really, really true. It's like one of the most destructive things about all of this. Yeah, and I think that it's it's just driven us even more apart. And I just didn't think that was possible because I thought Trump had probably done the most division of any single president. And I was like, I think things are going to get better now. But then the pandemic has done the same exact thing. It, 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 you know, po- politics is sort of a language of simple solutions in simple and immediate solutions like that. And clearly so tied up in the problems of this pandemic, too, that like leadership has failed and institutions have failed. Government has failed. And so... That was a reasonable site to focus on, I feel like, you know, a year ago or two, a year and a half ago um, as a solution, as a way out of this. And it doesn't seem so reasonable anymore. And, and, and in the meantime, it's just given uh, everyone something else to fight about. Right. Yeah. Like, like something else to further. How are we, we going to get us. through this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to believe uh, that spirituality represents something of an alternative just as a social focus. And I'm not, and I'm not even making any spiritual claims when I say that I'm thinking about the way that People show up to the Zendo now and take Jukai. There have been two Jukai classes during the pandemic. Uh, the way that people are showing up in enormous, frankly, numbers to my wife's Jewish programming in Atlanta, which is all outside and like nature based. And there's fire and there's singing and drumming and, you know, there's real human really nice. stuff. And people are coming in absurd numbers. And some of it is surely driven by just the kinds of negative pressures we've been talking about of just being cooped up and missing people and needing something to bring us together. Some way of expressing our like deeper natures. But like that very quickly leads into like an obvious there's a solution for that, <laughs> you know, that's thousands of years old. That's a, that's like something that was just considered to be part of life, just like politics or government for most of that time uh, as a way of solving problems communally together and addressing our sort of ridiculous fate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went through maybe like a generation and a half where that I'm talking about like in the United States, I guess where the United States and everywhere that was like the United States and sufficiently under the cultural and economic influence of the United States where, where the, where the solutions where the problems that spirituality solves. And again, I'm only talking on like a human to human social and civic level 
um, mm-hmm. seemed to either not exist or be um, side concerns, like not not be pressing. And that was all just a, a, a mirage, obviously. And there have been a handful of crazy mirage breaking incidents in world history during our lifetimes. But this is the big one, I feel like. And it is my, I I am having the experience that it is making many people much more interested in having the kinds of conversations that you and I have every week with each other and looking for tools practices, vocabularies for how to talk about that stuff with other people. Again, I'm not talking about like having like becoming enlightened or something. I'm talking about creating uh, an affinity with other people about something that feels good instead of awful like politics. I mean, I think that generally, you know, throughout history, we we've seen that when there is something like a pandemic going on, take the uh, bubonic plague, for example. <laughs> yeah. Usually that is a time where people have turned to religion more. Like, it's the the dark ages, but the only thing that they had at that time was religion. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that there, were, there are a lot of people, even people that I know, who like five years ago might have said, that was a primitive response, right? They're like praying mm-hmm. to God to intercede in this plague and God doesn't intercede in plagues. God causes plagues, right? You know, like the, the, the idea that turning to religion will help you somehow is just like an escapist thing is what these people would have said. And I, I don't think that, and now that we're actually in the situation, I don't think that and that that very many people uh, are uh, like a lot of the people in my life who may have said something like that in the past are are curious now, you know. Maybe because when you're in a situation where you can't escape, you realize that like the only way out of this situation is into it more. True. I mean, accepting kind of your, your circumstances and figuring out how to, to, to deal with them in a more productive way. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's part of it. I think, I mean, I I think that really what it offers people is like the opportunity to, enjoy like two minutes of inaction more you know (laughs) like get more back from what little rest we have available to us and maybe take a little bit better care of ourselves like i i I think that that does have to do with accepting the situation but but i also think that people are using things like headspace, you know, like meditation 
is becoming something that people are putting onto their phone, you know? And -hmm. like there, there's a strong tendency to make fun of that among people who have put in their hard earned cushion hours doing the real stuff like we do. Right. (laughs) But I think that's mean. (laughs) And and also think that's mean too. and, 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 and it's, it's mean precisely because like what, like these people are trying to help themselves. Like they're, they're, they're doing like bodhisattva action for themselves. And, you know, I mean, it re- there's reflections of it in other, in like, like there's negative reflections of it in, in other ways of looking at it. Like the rates of mental health issues and suicide and, you know, like this is true across the board, but like teenagers are getting it especially bad and me- and healthcare workers are getting it especially bad. It's like this, this, the, the people, the, the, the spiritual harms of this situation are becoming obvious and manifest. Like there's no other way to describe what's happening to people. Mm-hmm. And so people are turning into that problem you know like we want to fix the institutional problems obviously we want to fix like the reason this all happened and get out of it and you know vaccinate people and you know do do the do the on the ground things that need to happen in order to to stop this tragedy but there's there's no way to deny the spiritual component to the tragedy anymore for the masses of people, I think. You might think that religious institutions would be doing a better job of showing up in this situation. Because <laughs> uh, mm. I don't, I'm not sure that they are. But people are filling that hole for themselves, which I actually find Yeah, it, inspiring. It, it's hard to know what other religious institutions are doing. It does feel like the Zen Center has really amped up their game. But yes, most of the offerings <laughs> <laughs> most of the offerings are, are virtual and right. after being at work all day, yeah, nothing wants nothing wants me to, to be virtual again. Yeah. I really want to see people in person. I like need that in my soul to see people in, in person. Yeah. Um yeah, like I don't anything that's extra that involves doing something virtually, like I just won't do it. Yeah, um, I don't blame you at all. But it is still an option, I think, to 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 go in person at the Zen Center right now. But um, you know, still a risk. Yeah, and I haven't been in a while. Yeah, I mean, then that's sort of the explanation for why the stuff my wife is doing is going so well. I think, like. Because it's all hiking up Arabia Mountain and stuff like that. I love Arabia Mountain. Yeah. It's beautiful. What a resource. Yeah, it just looks like a, a piece of fantasy land. Yeah. And and they've been pretty amenable to our use of the land for ceremony. Which is a tricky thing, too, right? Like, it's sacred land. 
but I don't know. I guess we we have enough practice doing land-based Jewish ceremony on other people's sacred land and have done a lot of the preparatory work for that kind of thing ourselves. And my wife has actually been going to some, to, to she, she went to a Muscogee Creek ceremony recently uh, in person outside also. And, and is, is willing to build those bridges as a leader so that, that we can have our roots here uh, as a spiritual community. And like the synagogues in in-town Atlanta do not have that connection <laughs> or even really the inclination to go outside for services. Uh, so something new is happening and people are flocking to it. And, you know, we've been talking about, like, sending our kids to outdoor-only preschools, which are a thing. And, and you know, as hard as it is to have to uproot, like, all of our senses of place and community space for all of this, if the effect it has is that we kind of strip away some of these black rectangles that confine our existence into smaller and smaller spaces uh, and go outside where the air is clean uh, to find community, I think something will have been gained. I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I, I think that, that that would be beautiful. The, honestly, the only time I, I feel like I've been really truly happy is when i've been outside it, despite the cold and the, you know the the hours are the daylight is changing that the hours have gotten darker and yeah. you don't have that much time to be able to experience that if you don't get that in like you could have seasonal depression on top of whatever funk we've all gotten ourselves into totally and i think that there is I think that there is an unmistakable connection, in my head at least, between spirituality and nature. And whether, you know, it doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter what re religion you are. Yeah. Because if you're a Christian, then you have to recognize that God created that beautiful nature. And if you're anything else, then you have to, to realize how crazy it is for us to be in the sort of uh, Goldilocks zone of our earth and be in the exact right spot for life conditions to happen and create this beautiful world for us. And at the end of the day, like that's, that's what's going to get us out of this. Yeah. that That's what it is, right? It's just the whole earth system churning through its current configuration and and i think i i mean i i think that's where a lot of people's depression comes from yeah i mean i'll speak for myself it just feels like the more you are exist in this digital space the less you feel like you exist at all yeah in the real world yeah and as you as you just pointed out like how much of a compounding effect does it have that it's just 
dark outside all the time <laughs> now, too. On yeah. top of all that. So, you know, we're getting we're getting close to the end of the year here. We're getting close to the solstice and the turnaround point for that dark. And, you know, I just, uh, it's kind of a funny thing to do on here, but I kind of just want to wish everybody, uh, you know, a happy solar return. And uh, I hope that the light starts to come back into us as it comes back to our hemisphere and to our faces. Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.